Why, hello and welcome. Welcome to the Peer Pressure Podcast. I am Diane, sometimes known as Diane Kamikaze, and I am your host. The reason why I do this podcast is because I like to say I am a champion of heavy music. I've always found my favorite songs since I was a young kid had riffs, hooks, were either metal, hardcore, hard rock, or punk, or something fairly aggressive in attitude and sound. And I am all about appreciating the people that keep that world going, whether they're musicians, webmasters, other podcasters, record label and festival owners. It's important to me to recognize what these people do in that realm of music. So I am here to bring them to you in a different context, more than a Wikipedia entry or a press release, a little more personal and a lot more fun. I'm a rocker for life, and I hope these episodes do make a difference. Send me feedback at diane at wfmu.org. And my Facebook page is Diane Kamikaze Farris, Rocker for Life. Like my page there, and I will keep everybody updated on podcast episodes in that space. Thanks so much for listening, and stay tuned. Hello, Diane Kamikaze here. Welcome. It's another episode of the Peer Pressure Podcast. Guests today are the Rosillos. And make note of the original air date, which was November 8th, 2012. They came to the U.S. to tour. They were in the New York area, and they were here during Hurricane Sandy. So you'll hear them talk about under-attended shows. And I think that this was not even a scheduled interview. I do believe that it was impromptu because they may have had some other appearances canceled. Um, And they do talk about recording and what ended up being their album Zero, which came out in 2015. But the reason why I want you to um, keep in mind the actual date is that they play a couple of songs that I still think are unreleased that maybe didn't make it to that album, and they play a live version of Top of the Pops and their version of River Deep Mountain High. That might end up have been on that EP that came out, but with a quick search, I couldn't find it, so you might want to go back to the archive. They talk about touring with the Ramones early on and uh, fun things, the way the Rosillos are, fun. So let's hear from them. Can you guys say hello? Ooh. Hello. hello. <laughs> Talking over your hello. own music. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. My special guests are the Rosillos. Look at look at that. Who the wind just blew them in here. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more than one. Yeah. And I was really thanking them for being here cuz cuz this section of the US has had such a uh, a lot of stress going on and it's great to get music coming in and is that somebody's song? That was nope, you. Nope. Was that Sorry, jazz? Man. Was that Ali? Was that jazz? Yeah, Extremely cool jazz. Oh my god! <laughs> it's okay. He's out in the band. Extremely next cool <laughs> jazz. Is that possible? Cool, cooler than jazz. Oh, yeah. oh, cooler than. All right. It's well, just a Motorola fine. ringtone. Don't take it too seriously. Okay, good, good. And there's no seriousness with you guys. Well, I mean, yeah, there is. We take. Oh no, that is serious indeed. What are you talking about? Well, we do take yeah. ourselves seriously. That's okay. always that's always kind of bugged me a bit. Sometimes you know, we're very, we're very intense about what we do, and people say, oh, they're just a 
you know, they, they don't take it seriously. If you took it, if you took everything really seriously, you wouldn't be in a band in the first place. Well, I guess that that's true. Yeah, and if it, it was a band that took everything that seriously, I wouldn't want to be in it. You, you have to dedicate yourself to what you do. Well, and you have had a history of being flamboyant and glamorous, and people could possibly think that that's an unserious side, perhaps. Yeah. Mm. It's presentation. Mm. Just misreading the circumstance. What you mean they're misreading the yeah, circumstance? Yeah, sure. Mm. Yeah. You know, nothing happens by telepathy, does it? Not as far as I know. No. But we may be no. getting to but that. But people think that. <laughs> they slip into the idea that they think they know everything about everything. Oh, well, that's true. You know. That is. Yeah, that is true. Hmm. So tell us what you know and, and, and what's going on with you guys now. Well. Did, did you just get here? Uh, well, no, we got, well, we've played one gig already. Um yeah, and we some of us have been here two or three days before that. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a bit strange arriving with all the, the, the problems that you've been having. But, I mean, we're here and we want to do the shows, so and, and we're, we're and very determined to do it. And, Absolutely. and we could use the shows. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, there was talk of, you know, I know that some people have cancelled shows around about this time and whatever, but, you know, the Dunkirk spirit and all that, we're here and we want to do it. So And as long as the facilities are there. So we just played Out of This World, and this says it's got a 2011 date on it. So are you yeah. guys writing new stuff? Absolutely. There's a, we're working on a new album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes us a while, but <laughs> the thing is, we didn't want to put out another album that was just for the sake of putting out an album. So we wanted to put out material that hopefully stands up against our first album, which a lot of people seem to like. Yes. And that kind of gave us a milestone and a benchmark that we kind of refer to in as, as far as quality is concerned. Mm-hmm. And uh, our intention is to come back to the United States once we get this album done and promote that and visit more often because we've been in fairly short supply over here. You have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you have absolutely have friends of WFMU, though. You have played here before. And thank, uh-huh. you, thank you for your support. We do have a, a question from a listener, and, and actually somebody did ask if you planned on uh, uh, putting out another record. The way they phrase it was, was there ever a second studio album planned or recorded? Well, it it started, but then the band, as you know, broke up. Mm -hmm. And some of those songs that were projected to go on a second album went on to a live album, but were never realized as studio forms by the Rosillos. And at this point in time, would you go back and record them? Are they part of Uh, what you're doing now? No, a little bit part part of the past. No, no. No, it's all new stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So we're we're writing and, and uh, developing things just now, and we're uh, putting a couple of the new ones in the set as we're going along during this tour. So that's that's quite interesting for us, and hopefully for the audience as well. Oh, absolutely! Mm-hmm. And you've got so many hits. How did the uh, your version of "Somebody's Going to Get Their Head Kicked In Tonight" was featured on the the Jackass movie, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. How yeah. did how did that happen? Well, we had nothing to do with it, but I just surprise. Other than we recorded the track. Yeah, we just other than we recorded the track. But obviously, yeah, for the Jackass folks, they obviously saw, saw something in that song that kind of represented their strange strange uh, view of the world and vision of the world so it seemed to suit it right down to the ground that's all i can say yeah so they didn't there was no permission granting or money it would be from a record company company, i don't remember seeing any of that money come our way yeah if there was (laughs) you've forgotten quickly (laughs) yeah no i would remember for a long time if that was the case (laughs) Uh, did you know about it ahead of time nope Someone just said, oh, your version, you know, someone's going to get their head kicked in is in the Jackass movie. The first I knew of it was I was on a transatlantic flight and I flicked on the Jackass movie and thought, oh, that's that's us playing that Mm -hmm. song. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, 
but it's, yeah. it's yeah, it's quite good. So it's, I changed channel and yeah. watched something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's but it's quite good because I think it it kind of brought us to the attention of some people in um, in America that wouldn't have otherwise hurt he- us. Oh sure. Us. So that's that's it's good. As long yeah. as it doesn't bring us to attention for the wrong things, if right. people realise this is. From a historic point of view, that song was written by a member of Fleetwood Mac of all bands. Indeed, yeah. And it was really a song about who uh, a period of time in the 50s where there were people called Teddy Boys. They were the rebels in the UK and they mm-hmm. dressed in these strange Georgia, semi-Georgian outfits and felt they were they represented a... The beginning of a rebellious youth society. Actually, uh, it was Edwardian. Period. Edwardian, that's the one, yeah. Well, it's a bit of a mixture <laughs> of the two. Uh, they, you've thrown me off track now, Faith Fife. I've lost teddy it. Changed the subject. You were <laughs> talking ba- about the teddy boys. Yeah, yeah the head, the head kick thing, thing was a tongue-in-cheek thing, but, you know, there's some people who say, well, you know, you're singing a song about violence, but it's, it's about history, it's about the past. Well, and, and there is a time when rock and roll was deemed violent also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so you yeah. you could you could take it to yeah, that but it, it's not meant to be a song about violence per se. That would be the last thing I would think you would you as a, a group would sing about sort of choose to sing about like kicking yeah. asses. Yeah, and well, maybe I'm wrong, but it's just a small window on an eclectic attitude to or an eclectic selection of attitudes towards mm-hmm. music. Yeah, and it's a great song. That, yes, it is. It, yeah, I mean, I think it also. It, it's good that we do it and it's good that it's associated with us because basically the other thing about that song is it's about the fact that the Rosillos have selected and chosen from lots of really eclectic things in to do with past music. I mean, mm-hmm. we've always done that and drawn from that. So that's why that song works for us and is important to us. What are some of your favourite covers to, to perform? Well, it's not not so much a matter of covers to perform. It's just referencing things okay. like, you know, for example, the Shangri-Las and, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. It's more like these are in your consciousness all the time. And um, these are have always been there in developing the songs and, and performing. So for you, what what was your record collection like? My own record collection? <laughs> oh, lots of girl group, uh, 60s R&B garage rock and various but focusing most on mostly on these things i mean the uh, you know the main thing is girl group music mm-hmm. that's me of course there's lo- there's other people oh, in the band and obviously. and it's, it's an eclectic mix of lots of different things and then eugene what, what was uh, in your record collection i remember taking the band to see a band called dr feelgood oh, and i mm-hmm. said look you know can we meld our influences and our personal tastes amongst this so it ended up being a mixture of rock and you know this kind of Dr. Feelgood feel mixed with some of the early Roxy music attitude mixed with girl group mixed with also and then taking in what was happening at the same time with the punk rock yeah, scene that we became punk. absorbed into and then you know hey listen to New Rose look at that and then you know you distill it into your own recipe for music definitely not copy anyone's music you know doing a cover for example of a song to us and I think it's always the best way is to take a song, turn it inside out and shred it up and put it and and, and deliver it in a way that it maybe was never conceived to be Mm -hmm. and give it your own life. Oh, those are the best covers. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I just never understand hearing you hear a record on the radio and you think, is that? No, it's not. It's somebody copying their record. 
I really do not understand. And literally copying it. Literally copying it, trying to sound like the record. It, it's, it's an utterly futile thing to do. Uh, <laughs> I, I also have heavier feelings about it, but I'll, I'll not go into them. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do a really good version of that. Sorry to be immodest and all that, but you know, it is a good version of it. And a lot of people would yeah. say you should never cover a song like River Deep Mountain High, but we've made it into our own it, song. Yeah, I think it depends what you do with it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. We, we've done what we do to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a question from a listener. They want to know if you have any memorable Ramon stories. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, lots. You go on. What, shall I go on? Yes, yeah, you go on. Well, I was very struck that when, you know, as a punk rock band, that they were very, they seemed very afraid of being in the UK during the punk rock days. Really? Because they, they, they found the culture shock difficult. They, they were New Yorkers and they came to Britain and they, they, they said, we find this whole place freaky. We don't know anything and we can't get any food anywhere. You can't get ham- hamburger anywhere. There were no McDonald's at that time. No, that's probably not, not, a, that's not a bad thing. Uh, yeah, no, right. yeah. <laughs> and it struck me that their, 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 their jeans had all been very neatly ironed and pressed by their, <laughs> by their outfitter. Oh, and that when, and one of them lost his jeans, so an out, but the outfitter went out and bought a new set of jeans and ripped them up and cut the knees with a, with a, with a box cutter and then ripped the phrase around the knees. So it was, it was kind of an outfit, which, you know, several of them turned up in leather jackets, but a lot of them turned up in anoraks at the show. And I thought, is that the Ramones? You know, we, we got on fine with them, but we, we, there was friction. We were on the same label, Sire Records, mm. and the manager of the, Mo- the Ramones was the wife of Seymour Stein, who set up Sire Records, and those two went at each other like hammer and tongs at each other in conflict, Mm. And that transferred through to the Ramones and the Rosillos. There was no real conflict between the band, but through the management there was. You know, it was the 1970s and, you know, things happened before you went on stage to try and throw you out so the headline band looked better than the support band. That kind of thing. Well, were they doing things like allowing the sound system only to be so loud for opening bands or that kind of thing? Well, there was all that stuff, but there was particularly a thing I remember that we went on for the first two nights and, oh, the Rosillos are going down better than we want to happen. So eventually it got to the point where they put us on stage and our start time was half an hour before the audience were let in. So by the time the audience came in, we were just finishing our set. Well, that doesn't really work for you, does it? Well, it didn't really work. For, well, it did work in our favor in as much as the music press got hold of it and wrote about it. So all it did mm. was it fanned the flames of support for us. Oh, wow. So, you know, quite often something so that's done in... So fired against the oh, Ramones. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Hmm. But, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I would say as well, you know, the Ramones are a fantastic band. Of course they are. Well, hugely that's influential. It. And, you know, so, you know, when we rehearse still, um, I often say you know, evoke the spirit of the Ramones to get us in the mood and, mm-hmm. you know, because they're um, just because they're so finite and definite about their style that it's sort of, if you reference that style, it pushes you and it sort of keeps you grounded. So, like, they're a major part of everything oh. that's influential and including to us. Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's funny to see a band that is like that, that really stands on its own, still get involved in music business you know, and see how it affects them and affects their shows. And that, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that, that's mm-hmm. an interesting point because the difference is the Ramones as people, musically, there was no problem. The problems come when you start to introduce business mm-hmm. and record companies. That type of thing gets in between the music and then forms barriers that weren't there before. Yeah. Also, I suppose, yes, you're seeing a bit of culture, culture shock coming to the UK, coming to the UK for 
but a band that wasn't used yeah, to... Yeah, surprisingly, they, they, they did admit that, said, how is it? And they said, oh, we, we are afraid. We feel afraid in the streets. But then punk rock in Britain could look, appear to be a very threatening thing when it came out. I wouldn't imagine that would it would be scary seeing at what an amazing hotbed of music that it was but i don't know what was going on and punk rock really sort of came was a result of of political and economic Mm -hmm. situations Mm -hmm. more in the uk Mm -hmm. yeah it was a mixture and it was also a kickback against music of the time oh yeah 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 that was a big that's a big big part of it i mean that was one of the major things that pushed that brought us into being and pushed us forward because we just just hated all the music that was going around at that time not all of it but a lot of it and it just it was like really boring watching very um self-referential guitar players etc etc do long solos and all that rubbish and we had a big reaction against that and Mm -hmm. wanted um we wanted to banish the drum solo overnight didn't we we did actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, although we've let a drummer who couldn't do drums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we've let them. You know, we've let, we've become much more liberal over time. We've let one or two of them those solos in now. We don't let drum solos into. Yeah. We have a few bashing of the tubs, but uh, yeah. there's no there's no drum, drum solos. Just parts where the music stops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the most important instrument takes over. Right, which mm. you feel rather than hear. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we feel it rather than hear it. See, the music stopped for a the second. The music there, did stop. That's because you, you were feeling the rhythm, weren't you? You were feeling the drums, I know. The result was originally from Based Edinburgh. in Edinburgh, yeah, Edinburgh. Our, although we're from different places. Okay, and how, like, geographically, how, how far is that from London or from... 400 miles from London. Oh, okay. But in UK terms, that's like half the length of the country. Right, yeah, yes, no, I know. That's right, and, but here in the United States, it's like 400 miles. You just have to kind of decide you're going to take a trip and take it. The strange thing between London and Edinburgh and Glasgow, say, so Edinburgh and London, it's both far away but also near as well because it's quite quick to get to, but at the same time it is quite far away. Yeah, but mm-hmm. in that it's connected, mm-hmm. it's connected. But when we came out, there was a huge division. The music business was absolutely centred in London, yeah. and mm-hmm. if you didn't yes. go to London, you weren't going to do anything, and we had to go and do a tour of London so that people took notice of us, okay. uh, which they did. And, you know, we did get, you know, a, a large amount of coverage uh, in the music press and on the radio, and that did us a lot of good. But we always resented it. We hated the idea of having to go. And we, did, we never actually did go and live in London. You know, we stayed in Scotland, which <laughs> worked for us and against us. You know, in a way, it kept us special and different and almost exotic. But at it the same time, identity. it kept our identity mm. and, our, and our feelings of credibility. Uh, and, but at the same time, if you weren't there playing the game, you missed out on other things. Yeah, you, right. know, you missed out on being in the scene all the time and having your name featuring in, you know, back then the music press was a was a major factor in, in music and people bought it like they'd buy a regular newspaper and read it avidly from front page to back page every week. The thing we find these days is there's still fans out there, but they don't read the music press. So you have to find a way of letting them know that you're still out there and still doing things. That's very different to what happened back then. And what's your website, by the way? Rosillos.com. It is Rosillos.com. And we also have a, a very strong Facebook page, mm-hmm. which Jim Brady, the guitarist, is the... Uh, the doyen the, of it. The doyen and the, the, the man who, at the, at the, the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of people can find out what's going on there. In a way, the web page is a, it's just a platform for saying that Rosillos still exists. But right. the Facebook seems to be... Yeah, 
yeah. it's more interactive. And if stuff. you come closer to the mic, they can probably hear you. The Facebook page is very, very active. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very active. Yeah, you sound very quite exciting. sexy on microphone there, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're sitting next <laughs> to me. So I have here uh, the Rosillos. They stopped in for a chat. Would you guys want to break? Maybe we'll play one of your tracks, and uh, we'll come back to do some talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Totally Alive in London here, and I've got this, and I've also got Number One Boy, Can't Stand My Baby. What would what would you like to uh, play well, for the play, audience? Play, play Number One Boy because it's a newer one. That's from 2009? Yeah. And what do you want to say about this? Um, about Number One Boy? Yeah. Well, to be quite honest, we're rearranging that. That's one of the ones we're rearranging at the moment for this tour, so it's going to be a slightly different version. Oh, good. But, um, yeah, that was a nice single to come back with, but, you know, it's just a first step, that's all. And was it was it the first record that you came back with as you got back together? Yes, or? yes, yes. I mean, I think we've refined, we've moved on in our direction since that time, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's things I would do differently about it, certainly, but it's, you know, it's still one of the new songs. And You do notice that about Rosillo's singles and the album versions. We go back to something and think, you know, now I've listened to the single, I want to do this, and it, it's subtly changed, you know, and, and those, those things go on. But that's that's because we feel ongoingly creative about something, or we, maybe we just can't stop meddling, I don't know. Right. But we had a single out called Destination Venus. There are three different sets of lyrics for it. When sometimes we go on stage and sing a different set of lyrics, because radio sessions had different lyrics to the record, and people, you could see the people in the audience turn to each other saying, that's different words to the words I know. Oh, right. But that's because we wanted to hone the words, so it's always an ongoing mm-hmm. fizz going around that oh, stuff. People like to sing along, and they, if they yeah. feel that they're lost, they're... Yeah, but if you, you know. s- then someone else knows the other lyrics. Right, mm-hmm. right. You can't do right for wrong. It becomes a free-for-all. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so very good. So my guests are the Rosillos here, and we're going to hear uh, Number One Boy. We are WFMU. Please stay tuned.
And we have returned. The Rosillos are here in the studio. So when I was just playing that version of My Baby Does Good Sculptures, Eugene, you said that's a demo version. Yeah, that was the first time we ever went in the studio just to get some songs down. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, and just to see what it was like to be in a studio. It was done on four track. That wasn't really expected to surface anywhere. No, or, it just ended up on, I don't know, one. It was on the, that was, I played that off of the DIY compilation. Oh, did you? Yeah. There's, there's different versions of stuff all over mm-hmm. the place. So that's when I just heard that, you know, like that Angel just said, I said, I haven't heard this since about 1978. Aha! So, you know. This is your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was your life. <laughs> well, and what's the, the biggest difference between playing music in 1978 and now? Our music. Play, yeah, yeah, performing um, or, you know. Can I come in there? Yeah, this on, this is probably really pragmatic and might be boring, but the sound systems are much better now. <laughs> uh, there's no comparison. And, like, for example, you can hear yourself sing on stage now. Yeah. And nearly, I mean, just even the most basic of clubs usually have, you know, really pretty good sound systems. In ye oldie punky days, it was really abysmal. Yeah. It was truly abysmal. He said, Jim's here going, nod, 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 because he knows lots about sound. But, I mean, it's true. I mean, that, and that, that you know, it, it, it sounds kind of trivial, but it's not. That's a bit of a major problem for a singer. Sure, really. I mean, if you can't hear yourself, yeah. you'll end up yeah. straining your voice, yeah. and then the well, next five nights are a nightmare to and, you. Yeah. And that was a major contributor to the band breaking up. Really? Because, yeah, it was, beca- yeah, because you had people on stage playing Marshall 4x12 stacks who didn't want to turn down, and there was no monitoring. Mm. And everybody just expected, well, you're just the singer, just do it. It was really half of the 60s meeting the eight, coming into the, the 80s in a way, the, the late 70s, right. where half of it hadn't caught up. And, yeah, half uh, of the sounds. Uh, and oh. so we, we were saying, look, it's so loud, we can't hear ourselves sing. And Faye's voice just went, bonk, you know, about three dates, well, sold out 40-date tour. And we just couldn't do it. And, you know, if a guitarist cuts his finger, you never hear the last of it. Oh, I've got my finger. I'm not going to be able to play the guitar. It's like, excuse me, we have a human being here with a voice. And this is a, an instrument, too. Yeah, so, sure. you know, that was a big contributory factor. Mm. People not understanding or caring. All you had to do was go out there and do it. Well, and your band is very vocal heavy and very yes, yes, sing-along yeah. and, and harmonies and all yeah. that. You can't really take that lightly and no. it, it changes no. your aesthetic completely. Yeah, totally. yeah. So that's, I mean, so it, makes, it makes doing gigs a lot, actually a lot more pleasurable now. You know, yeah. it's a musical experience where before it was like a bit of a sort of, well, it was a performance rather than a musical experience for me because, I, you know, I, I was just, um, I wasn't really hearing myself. Yeah. So that's that's a lot that's better in that sense. I mean, I guess the other, but I, mean, I guess the other major difference is like the culture was very different then. You know, during the punk era, that really meant something to people, and that was around when we were doing the gigs, and it was around for us. And there was a lot of idealism, and it was very, it was very good feeling. Mm-hmm. Most of that was very good. Mm-hmm. So a lot of idealism. People really wanted. I don't, I don't. I don't think people knew what they wanted, but they wanted to change something or another. They mm-hmm. wanted to throw all the balls up in there and it come down in a different place. And that that was actually that was actually good. It's, it's different now, but I, mean, I guess what's what's around now. What's yeah, around tap the table, now? It sounds like a drum, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it does actually. Yeah. Feel what's free to drum. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what's around now is that um, you know there's a lot of um, there's a lot of respect for music of that era. Mm-hmm. At least for the people that come to our, our shows and maybe some other shows that have got um, bands of the same vintage. But there's a lot of respect for that, I think. That, that's, that's very good. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was seismic mm-hmm. in musical terms yeah. and attitude terms. Uh-huh. Now it's more about 
well, there's respect and, you know, yeah, they like the music. Yes. But the, the seismic shift in attitude and feeling and upsurge of zeitgeist, that, that, that was then. That was of then, yes. Right, yeah, uh -huh. of course. Yeah. To get back to your original question, there are obviously, um, there have been seismic uh, experiences for other people yes. in between yeah. times. And we have also tried to kind of take on board all the other musical, cultural things that have happened since then. You have mm -hmm. to try trying to place where you are and what you're doing it has to be informed by everything else that's happened in between times and that's quite an interesting experience to try and focus on that and see how you can interpret what well I don't see us playing synthesizers in the band or no no but like I mean everything that happens all the cultural context of music that's happened between them ah, it doesn't go on uh, right. we've noticed it as well and you take it on board and it does inform what you do with even music that's being played since the end of the 70s. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, yeah, but there's, and that's quite challenging because at the same time you're aware of all the changes that have happened, but at the same time you're trying to keep a very strong and distinctive direction as well. And so right, that's, that's quite, um, it's quite challenging, but interesting. And things always come around, you know, things that, you know, that I have been into and always have been into, sort of vestiges of that come around all the time anyway. And you can sort of pick them up and, and hear them and let them inform you again, reinform you. And do you hear uh, newer bands who were definitely influenced by you? Well, I, people pointed out to us, look uh -huh. at that, look at that, that's lifted straight from <laughs> your so-and-so. And, -so, and I, th I have to bite my lip and say, well, actually, we lifted a bit of that from someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think probably the answer to that is yes, but I mean, I can't think of anybody in particular, because I, mean, I don't really like to think about it like that, but people are always saying to them, oh, that band's influenced by you, and this band's influenced mm -hmm. by that, or the bands themselves sometimes mm -hmm. say it as well. But it's all so a big mixing pot, mm -hmm. you know. Uh -huh. I mean, yeah. it, it, I wouldn't even want to mention who's saying that we were influenced, and it just right. like boasting, you know. Yeah. But, you know, that's, yeah, it happens in the same way as we're influenced by people, and sometimes you're influenced back by a band that, formed who were influenced by yourself you know <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah that's i mean right, for yeah. example with jim you you know you say that you know you love what the rosillos did yeah, yeah, you're, you're in the band now and you you've done some songs and we're going to do yeah. one of jim's songs in our set from his his nanobot his other band, band. so yeah. you know oh, it, it, what, it, it, it what's the other what's your band jim nanobots nanobots mm -hmm. oh, that sounds very in line with yeah. brazillos yeah. maybe the interesting thing about the rosillos is they're less specific mm-hmm about yeah. where they come from, mm -hmm. and that involves people's brains. Quite often people say, hey, they danced on stage, a riot of colour and day glow, and we all wore black. <laughs> you know, but you read the review and you yeah. think, that's not actually what we did. Either the reviewer wasn't there, or they had this preconception of what we were, right. but they're wrong, which is, which, which is good. I like that. I, I can cycle. Everybody thinks the shower scene is in colour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. hey, no, I know what I was going to say. Just coming back to your very original question, you saying you know you're a good fun band, well something like that. Anyway, I think it's like we like to have. We obviously we do it because this is fun. I guess we're talking about different perceptions of what people think of us from outside and what we are inside, right. as it were. Like we have fun doing this and that's why you do it in a way you want to have fun but at the same time we're completely genuine and serious about the music at the same time mm -hmm. serious and not serious that, that, at the same time that's quite a line to have to, to, yes. to sort of walk yes. on well, I, I, think, I think it's quite easy you have to realise that nobody is in a band because they if, if, if being in bands wasn't fun nobody would be in any band they have to enjoy what they're doing mm -hmm. and there is an absolute black and white delineation in my mind the difference between fun and comedy we enjoy what we do. It is not comedic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That's yeah, the yeah, difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, but it's fun to do, 
just don't get hung up on the idea that hey everything's fun 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 you know we're not going to come on wearing feather boas and having a little sort of ridiculous comedy festival time it's compl- it's a it's a we're, we're a rock band. We're a rock band. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. We're a rock band. But, but do you have to rule out feather bows? Yeah, well, I was actually thinking of it. Oh, it was very good, actually, especially for the drummer, actually. No, I, just, <laughs> I don't entirely rule it out, but I wouldn't you just wear a feather bow on stage. Oh, well, that negative getting, negative oh, really right, getting well, quite interesting. Now, yeah, Faye, you made quite a lot of the costumes over the years. Is that right? I designed them. You designed I didn't make them. I, oh, okay, in the very, very early days, I used to make them, yeah. Oh, okay. In fact, I used to make them the night before I went on tour in a panic. You know, I just used mm. to sit, I just used to start and make them. But don't get the impression that that's what I'm about. I can't make clothes, I can't do anything. Basically, I just cut things up and I staple them and things like oh, that. Okay. That's It's on that level. I stick gaffer tape on things. I've always been interested in the way things look, but I hate anything to do with fashion. I okay. just hate anything to do with it, or hate anything to do with that. I just, I kind of like us to look a certain way, but it's more like, um, it's not to do with clothes, it's just to do with a bizarre way of looking at the world. Does that make sense? It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Throw away all those fashion questions. Yeah. Going to Absolutely. Chuck them out. <laughs> there they go. Yeah, there they go. It's good when something makes sense Sorry? in this crazy mixed up world of ours, isn't yeah. it? What was the motivation to actually get back together and to start? Government. <laughs> Did you say the government? The That's government. what I heard him say. The government. Yeah, the government really wanted us to get together. I'll tell you the story. Basically, we were asked by a friend of a friend to do a really, really good big show at New Year in, in Edinburgh, Hogmanay show. There are big celebrations there. And we weren't together as a band. And, but it was such an intriguing idea. And we had spoken for years about, oh, maybe we should get together, maybe we should get together. But it was all, you know, I think you have to have something to focus on in terms of getting together. So we did have this big show to do. And we just came together for that. And we just did a short set there. I think it was about 20 minutes. But it was such a blast and so bizarre playing with each other again and such a blast. It was funny. We were laughing all the way through the rehearsal so after that we decided to 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 get back together and we did a did a tour in america after that and then we've been going ever since actually yeah i I think we didn't realize that there was the possibility that people would want to still see us so once we did this show and people thought hey the the rosillos have decided they're getting back together again we then got a request to come and do, you know, to play here, there, and everywhere. And, you know, there's always people asking if we can play here, there, and everywhere. So hey, keep the request coming. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, uh, it's interesting. Actually. I mean, we've sort of really built up a reputation for our live shows and things like that. I mean, so it's not been like a flash in the pan. It's not like, oh, the novelty, they're back. We'll go and see them once and never oh, again. Yeah. You have a reputation of being an incredible live band. Like, right. very, very tight. And, that, and that's been historic. I mean, yes. I. I you know, that, that hasn't changed. And people are chiming in on the playlist and saying things like that, too, saying they're really, really great. You have to go see them. And somebody here is going to go see you in Cleveland. And somebody actually said he was going to fly up for the Maxwell show, and then he wasn't sure if the storm was going to stop that. So he Well, we did play it, but, of course, it didn't help that... Uh, storms don't stop us. Storms don't stop us. <laughs> yeah. But, but it didn't help that the TV and the radio were saying, there's going to be a massive <laughs> snowstorm, don't go out. <laughs> or, know. or, you know, it's, what know. can you do? Yeah. But people, you know, some people showed up and mm-hmm. they had a good time. So was there a track that you wanted to play for us? Oh, yes. So who wants, to, who wants to introduce this? Go on, Jim, you introduce it. Get, get by a microphone. It's going to be tricky. So this we're going to hear a, a, your version of River Deep Mountain High, which you mentioned before. 
Yeah, this is not a record. Yeah. Again, it's not. We're going to record this for the album, mm-hmm. but this is. This, I don't think anybody's heard this one before. Yeah, I believe we spoke earlier about uh, the necessity when covering songs not to try and replicate the original. This is uh, Fee Fife and the Rizzo's not replicating Tina. And Ike. Although we love Tina, I love Tina. But well, um, as a mark of respect, uh, we're yeah, not yeah, trying yeah, to replicate uh, them. Yeah, yeah. This is the Rizzo's River Deep Mountain High. When I was a little girl, I had a black dog. Only dog I ever You guys are back. Okay. You've got pipes. That's pipes. Pipes. Yeah, th- thank you very much. I'll <laughs> try and put them to good use, and I'll do a sort of radio thingy for you. If oh, you want. could you? Right. Shall I do it now? Yeah, why not? Right. We know. Mm. Hi, I'm Faye Fife from the Rosillos, and you're listening to Diane's Kamikaze Fun Machine on F. No. <laughs> 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 on. WFMU. I get so mixed up with the letters. It's confusing, isn't it? Yeah, every region has their own sort of groupings of letters, so I expect that that's not familiar to what you. What does W stand for? I, I don't know, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the East Coast, and on the West, and on the West Coast, they start with K. And I don't really know why they're assigned that way. And we make up things that they all stand for something, but they don't oh, right, stand for something. No. What's, what's but, the U at um, the end? What does that mean? Don't, don't know. know. Don't know. No, no. the FM just happens to be there. Everybody thinks it has to do with like an FM station, and yeah. really those are just the letters. I am. For all I know, station manager Ken will come downstairs and say, no, that's not true, but I've never known them to actually stand for words. You received an award. The Nordoff Robbins Legends Award. And uh, yeah. what is that? And is, it, is that a band award, or is it like a specific achievement? I think they. I think if you've been around long enough and you're still alive, you get an award. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just given to us for for being considered a Scottish, a legendary Scottish band. But that's a national award. Though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, though, you know, I mean, it was we felt very honoured getting it. Actually, mm-hmm. was there a whole? There was a whole big to do. Yeah, there was a big thing you had to do and a little red carpet. Uh, there was a red carpet. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite nice. It's nice to be recognised in that way. Yeah. If they grab the award and it's on her mantelpiece. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can come visit. Yeah. It's a big, okay. it's a big uh, charity organisation. I'm sure it has something to do with. Um, is it based in New York? Or am I wrong? I think it's an, Amer- it's it's an, an American, American organisation. I think. Yeah. 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 We need to Google that and find out. That's the, the yeah, it's a music therapy trust, basically. Yeah. The Tartan Club. Yes. So really, yeah. Yeah. That's the award. Yeah. Were we going to play another uh, another Do track? Do you have that? Is that it's a live cool? version of Top of the Pops, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. It, and it's live. Uh, Recorded live in Glasgow. In Glasgow. Glasgow. Oh, okay. The Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is what we're going to go to next. Let's see. Oh, I put it up, 
and I think we're ready. Okay, we're going to hear another another track from the Rosillo. Stay tuned. Okay. And the crowd goes wild, and we are almost out of time here. So the Rosillos are here. They have hit the the, uh, the shores of the U.S. You can look at the Rosillos' Facebook, and everything is listed there. Thank you for, for coming. And uh, great, love Thanks it. for having thank us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, and and you know, and thank you for playing your music. If you took the the fun comment, really, it's just it's it's more about pleasure and enjoying the music and what you bring to people. Because yep. you know, you're known for being a great live band, and that's it's also about having a good time watching you. Yeah, you absolutely, and, and not just being oh, they played everything note for note. You know, no, and all that stuff. That's it's really, it's, a, probably it's about the entire actually. experience. You know. <laughs> note for note is probably never happened. <laughs> Good, right. And that's what makes it interesting. Hey, one day we, I remember one day we played a different <laughs> note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, now that was great. Thanks very yeah, much. Yeah, we're looking for forward to our shows in the States. Really looking forward to it. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Right, right, Come exactly. Have fun. Yeah, <laughs> and thank you for being here. Playing, we'll so. see you. Okay, cheers. Then. See you. Thanks. Bye. And that wraps it up for today's podcast episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. More on the way. I am Diane Kamikaze. Check my Twitter and my Instagram. Handle is one word, Diane Kamikaze. Kamikaze ends with an E. On Facebook, you can find me as Diane Kamikaze, Farris, Rocker for Life and Making a Difference. The full link to my uh, index of shows and podcasts is can be found on wfmu.org slash playlists slash DK. Those are, that's a capital D and a capital K. I'm going to be working on encore presentations, and I've got years of old interviews and podcasts. So if there's something that you'd like to see reposted that you missed, please get in touch. Send me email, diane at wfmu.org. And be sure to subscribe to the show. And if you like it, please rate it and review it. Wow. WFMU. Peer pressure. Thank you. See you next time.